0: Hey there, I'm Jay Money, and welcome to the Boiled Sports recap of today's Purdue victory over Iowa. Let's first, though, take a quick moment to thank our sponsors. First, Martin Vintage, where you can get wonderful, soft, comfortable Purdue t-shirts. You can also get a 15% discount if you enter Boiled at checkout. Go to martinvintage.com. Boiled at checkout gets you 15% off. Eat up at AJ's on Vine Street in West Lafayette. A great selection of burgers, snacks, and tons of beers on tap. You can find them at eatajs.com or on Vine Street in West Lafayette. AJ's Burgers, Beef, Beer. And Gridiron Metalworks, your solution for the hard-to-shop-for person. Grill grates, griddle grates, and home and office decor branded to your favorite college team, armed service, or civic organization. Gridiron Metalworks. GridironMetalworks.com Well, that was some fun now, wasn't it? Purdue beats Iowa. Uh, Jeff Brahms team, Jeff Brom. The Jeff Brom regime is now 3-1 and one against Iowa, against Kirk Ferentz. Purdue wins 24-20 today. It was a comeback. They were down. Uh, they gave up 17 points. 17 of the 20 they gave up were in just the second quarter. So you take that quarter away, and it was really a pretty great performance, honestly, by Purdue, uh, even though, and we'll talk about that in a minute, that it, the defense didn't feel like they did anything substantial uh, for the majority of the game. But we'll get back to that. Um, Purdue wins 24-20, uh, comeback, scores 10 in the fourth quarter. Uh, when they were starting to look a little little peaked, things weren't looking so good, but they managed to come back. Credit um, to the Brom brothers, the coaching staff. Um, AOC started and played the whole game. We only saw him, which I will say really surprised me. Um, not that he was bad, obviously, he won the game, but throughout the game, it didn't look like he was you know great. It looked like he was managing it along, doing all right, throwing a lot of underneath things. Um, He looked safe, right? And we kind of discussed among us and said, maybe that's why he's in there. Because without Jeff Brom present to make decisions and have the feel of the game, maybe it makes sense to have the guy with the higher floor, even if he has the lower ceiling, out there making the decisions. Because, again, you saw a lot of careful. Now, AOC took a few sacks, maybe then you wouldn't have liked him to, but he also didn't throw balls into danger. Even when he got picked, it was you know a deflection, and you know he'd throw the ball out of the end zone rather than risking stuff. And that's honestly you overlook that stuff, I think, as a fan. But that's the stuff that you don't overlook if you've got the guy who tries to squeeze it in every time and get and throws picks in the end zone or in the red zone, right? AOC is safer than that, right? And that's what's really nice. It keeps you in the game, right? They had a chance to win despite not having played great because. He kept them out of trouble, and he kept steadily chipping away and getting points. Um, So I think we should give a lot of credit there. I also think you will see multiple quarterbacks, as everyone sort of assumed, when Jeff Brom is back on the sidelines. But in the meantime, Brian Brom did a nice job, I thought, with the play calling. Um, You know, the only time in the first half I can remember O'Connell trying to stretch the field um, and you're only really doing what the plays are called for you. Right. But he tried that one down the middle and Bell was wide open and and the pass did not. It went incomplete. It wasn't a perfect pass. But I think that was more on Bell. Honestly, like he just didn't. He had he had all the room in the world to speed up or slow down or get under that ball. And he just didn't. He just didn't judge it maybe correctly. Um, but that was the only time I saw of try to stretch the field. Everything else was, you know, dinks and dunks, little screens, little passes in the flat, little dumps underneath, um, which is fine. That's Purdue. That's that's Jeff Brom. You know, they do those things as long as they keep working, and they were pretty much working. Um, Purdue had a little trouble on third down uh, early in the game, most of the first half. Um, but, you know, how much of that do you going to chalk up to it being the first game of the season, first game of the year? Um, not a lot of time to practice who knows how much, you know, how, how connected the team has felt of late, you know, there's going to be some bumps. There's going to be some, some growing pains and, and, you know, if they're going to score 24 points and give up 20, that's not the worst, right? It's, it's not, it's not terrible at all. So credit to Brian Brom, really good job by him. Steady hand. I thought today. Pretty played without Rondell Moore, as everyone noticed, I'm sure. He was on the sidelines. They said undisclosed. There were some rumors floating around um, that his hamstring was tweaked again, uh, which is the same issue from last year, which is which is worrisome, right? Like you know, if that's still an issue, that's not great. Um, there was also some funny rumors bouncing around that he was out at a restaurant and slipped, which I, I find hard to imagine. Um, but that's what was kicking around out there, of course, because when you don't tell people what's happening, they're gonna fill in the blanks themselves. However, David Bell and man, I just I I know this is greedy, but every time I watch David Bell play, all I can think about is, man, if Rondell was out there drawing the best defenders, how open would Bell be? Because he's already open all the time. The amazing thing, Iowa's got a good defense. Iowa does play a good defensive football, and they could not keep him from finding space. Um, Bell had 13 catches for 121 yards and three touchdowns, which is insane. He had one called back, one catch that he had, pretty long completion uh, because of offensive P.I. So, I mean, that was like another 20, 25-yard pass, so he'd be over 140 if that had counted. Um, just... I don't know what you can say about him. He's, he's phenomenal. He's a sophomore, you know, I, I'd say get used to this. There's no reason to think this isn't going to be the norm. He's going to be the guy they go to all the time. And if assuming Rondell plays, it will be amazing. The embarrassment of riches on the field. Um, but yeah, three TDs today, 121 yards. I'd expect to see a lot of that. He's going to have a statistically eye popping season in an eight or nine game season, which is amazing. Uh, Another guy we want to mention is Xander Horvath. Uh, guy's a machine. <laughs> 21 carries, 129 yards, 6.1 yard average, on average per carry. And he had that one hurdle that we played in the intro. Um, that was awesome. That was just freaking awesome. And and he was so, you talk about steady. And guys who give you comfort because you know they're there. And the running back stable is what people were worried about, right? And then you heard King Daru wasn't going to play. And he didn't. And there's Horvath, just steady as she goes and he actually had a 33-yard run. Maybe it was the hurdle run. I'm not even sure, but, but you know, amazing. Great day, great day. Um, everyone else on the team was minus 26 yards rushing, just if you're curious, so not, not great there. Um, a few of those were kneel downs at the end, but still not terrific. Uh, I mentioned O'Connell, um, uh, 31 of 50, 282 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Hey, that's an AOC kind of day right there, man. I don't know, I don't know what else, if you're going to make... That guy throw 50 times, he's going to throw you 280, 300 yards, and he's going to throw you some TDs, and you might get some picks in there. So that's a Purdue quarterback line right there. Um, One thing that I was thrilled with, Purdue only had three penalties for 21 yards, unless I misread the stat sheet. Um, That's great. That is amazing. And, you know, one of the things, if you recall, way back to last year, Brom was not happy with Nick Holt's defense for a lot of reasons, and one of them was there was some indiscipline stuff going on and some bad penalties over the last few years. It frustrated all of us. We still loved Nick Holt's defense and the way they hustled, but that was a frustration, and, and you know, the team had three penalties for 21 yards. So, I don't mean penalties can only also be called on the offense, obviously, and as I said, one was called on, uh, on Bell, so... Not many penalties, really. I mean, the team played disciplined, smart football. Um, speaking of the defense, it felt like they didn't have a great game. I think we were all sort of lamenting in our group chat, saying defense isn't really doing much here. But <laughs> then you turn around, only give up 17 at halftime, only give up three in the second half. Um, they pounced on fumbles, and some people were talking about it being lucky. I mean, yeah. But Purdue also has a lot of bad luck go against them. So I'm fine with a few lucky bounces. Recovering fumbles is not all luck. They're getting caused, um, and you're jumping on them. That's situational awareness. That's what – think back. Again, I, I suggest you remember back to the criticisms we would all make of Hope and Hazel teams. And it was the lack of prep, situational awareness, um, the things that uh, are not in short supply anymore. So um, – Hey, if you're going to hold Iowa down to 20, 20 points, and I know they're not an offensive juggernaut, but I will take a defense holding teams. If you're this Purdue team, you have this offense that isn't really clicking yet, obviously, but will be, I think. They've shown signs, clearly. Uh, and you're going to hold teams to 20, I will take it every single time. And I'll take a lot of three-point second halves from other teams. That would be great. Um, Iowa had a guy making his first collegiate start, uh, Spencer uh, Petras. Uh, he had a pretty good day, um, you know, but I think you, you know, we've seen this again and again, too, where guys, you know, have a career day or the best first start ever against Purdue, right? Well, that, fortunately, he had a good day, but he didn't win, so I can live with that. Let him feel good about his good day and let him go beat somebody else. So you got to win that game. You know, if you think Purdue's a five or six or seven win team in this in this modified schedule, hey, that's a win. You got to win that. I know some of our predictors were, oh, I don't know if they're going to open with a win. Hey, if you think you could win six, you got to win that game. Iowa is, they're not a gimme. They're not, you know, who you'd say, oh, Purdue should be. But But again, if you want to have a special season, those are the teams you must beat, right? So I think that's a big win for this team. It's now staying on that high, obviously, and saying, okay, we're going we're gonna to leverage that into beating teams that aren't as good as Iowa now. I think that's what, what needs to happen now. Um, bold Sports, uh, stat of the day, based on some research, which we rarely do, we think that's the first time ever that Purdue, IU, and Rutgers have all won Big Ten games on the same day. So how about that? Because IU pulled one out late, ballsy, ballsy move by uh, Tom Allen. Uh, and Rutgers, uh, pff, Rutgers really went in on uh, Michigan State, so that was that was kind of fun to see too. Um, next week, Purdue has a chance to move to two and zero. They're playing the Fighting Lovey Smiths at noon on Big Ten Network. Uh, we'll of course have more coverage. We'll probably be back to talk more about this game during the week and what's ahead. Um, but you know, that was, <laughs> as I said, there's not much more you can say besides that was some fun. That was really a lot of fun. So um, even though it wasn't the most explosive, exciting game the whole time, Purdue, you know, never fell real far behind. And even when they did, they were opportunistic. And when they, Not when they did. When they fell behind and it felt distant, right? That 20-14 to 14 sort of felt a little bit like, oof, they're not doing anything. This could be it. They felt sort of dead in the water. But you always have to look at the perspective and say, wow, down three at halftime, not playing really great, except for a couple drives right? Down six in the fourth, still haven't played great, but you're now within, you know, shouting distance, right? Get that field goal, get the touchdown. Hey, that's all it is. When you're a good enough team to hold teams close, you don't need to mount a three-touchdown comeback. You need to mount a one-touchdown comeback, and that is a much nicer place to be. So, uh, a lot of credit to this team, a lot of credit to the prep, the coaching staff, Pulling it together in a tough week, losing your head coach for the week, losing Rondell Moore, um, losing King Daru and still coming in and, you know, staying even and staying level and staying measured and keeping the focus and keeping everybody aligned and pulling on that rope. So great job by the team. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for interacting with us. We love it. Uh, Enjoy your weekends, folks.